Shalom and welcome to It's All About the Aliyah. Carrie, we've got a great topic today, right? Jesus, Passover, and Aliyah. What could be better? <laughs> uh, it's, it, it is really good. We're talking about the Aliyah and um, just about everything can pertain to the Aliyah, uh, theologically speaking. You know, in, in Sunday school, the youngsters find out early on, if you want the correct answer, just say Jesus or Jesus. Bible. <laughs> and then you begin. Well, here it's it's Aliyah. There is yeah. a connection, and uh, we've looked at uh, who the Jewish people are, mm -hmm. what Israel is. It's a land and a people. The definition of a, a Jew and who can make Aliyah, who can go home to Israel, the restoration of all things, and we looked at um, the person of Jesus yes. last time. And Jesus pre presided over the Passover. Uh, Christians call it the Last Supper. It was his Last Supper. Yes. And uh, that's what we're going to look at today. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we were really talking about the Jewishness of Jesus. And I don't think you can find a, a more powerful argument to be made than when you just watch how he fulfilled these these feasts of the lord uh you know this obviously um it, it, as a jewish torah observant man his family observed the feasts and then we have him come to this final passover in his life and he became the passover i mean think about it carrie just for a moment here with just a quick review of uh this this passover celebration which we we read about the instructions in Exodus chapter 12 so 1500 years prior to Jesus final passover we get these instructions from God through to Moses and he says uh, you'll start the month you'll start the year in the spring i mean this is i'll try to make this brief but there's a there's a, a barley harvest that goes into a viv a, a, a bloom that's where we get the month aviv from and that next new moon starts the biblical new year. And God told Moses then to, to count 10 days and you'll choose a lamb. Now, let's start making the comparison to what the, how God, Jesus fulfilled this. 10 days, uh, the 10th day of Aviv, that month, Jesus enters Jerusalem. The lamb is chosen, right? For four days, he's examined. Four days later, according to the instructions given to to Moses, you would you would slaughter that lamb. Four days later, when Jerusalem, when uh, Jesus entered Jerusalem, he was crucified. And then you have this prophecy that, uh, or this uh, instruction that given to Moses that you would break no bones in that lamb. We know from reading our gospel accounts that the Romans came to Jesus and did not have to break his legs, as was their custom with crucifixion. So no bones were broken in this Passover lamb. And then you have the, the fact that he was without sin, no leaven, right? And he, he goes to his death on unleavened bread. And we're going to talk more about the, the these feasts and the order in which they come in a moment. But my very, very favorite Terry, and I think it's it's very uh, overlooked. I, in fact, I never hear anybody talking about this. But verse 4 of chapter 12, Exodus says this. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. In other words, 
if the lamb is too big for that group of people, share it. There's this wonderful prophecy in Isaiah 49, verse 6, that says this, speaking of the Messiah, Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Did you hear that? This this mission was too small just to save just, just to save Israel. It had to be not only for Israel, but for the world. Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, not just, just Israel. Although we had to have Israel for for our Messiah to come through, his mission was so much greater than that. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. See, that's why um, knowing the Old Testament and um, and the feasts and things like that, uh, the things that we think, oh, they're just Jewish. Mm. But knowing that um, makes us uh, love and revere and stand in awe. I mean, and no, on our faces in awe of what Jesus did, who he is, Amen. how uh, he did fulfill the law of Moses, his law. Amen. I mean, he personified the law of Moses. He was the walking. We call him the word in the flesh, the word made flesh. Well, the word that existed prior to what we read now in our, our New Testament it was the Torah, was the Tanakh. So he was what, unfortunately, we have labeled Old Testament. He right. was the Word, the living Word, and is the living Word. All of the Word, not just uh, what we see in red letters. Mm-hmm. So here, um, when Lent and uh, Easter and Passover, they start, you know, coming together each year. Um, we... Uh, we can just the richness of the Hebrew scriptures and God's plan just really comes into technicolor. It really does. I'm glad you said that because I think it does. It it fills us with awe the fact that God could make these these instructions in our case now 3,500 years ago, and then watch it being fulfilled. 2,000 years ago, and then we'll talk at the later in the program about how it's being fulfilled today. Yeah. It, it's all tied together. So, you know, maybe in, sec- in in part two, after this break, we'll talk about, you mentioned the Feast of the Lord. I mentioned the Feast of the Lord. Let's talk to our audience a little bit more about the Feast of the Lord when we come back in our second half. Very good. good. All right. We'll be right back. In his dream, Jacob saw the angels ascending and descending on the ladder to heaven. Joshua and the Israelites were commanded to go up to take Jericho. Pilgrims sang songs of ascent as they went up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feasts. And Jesus, the anointed one of Israel, went up to the Mount of Olives to pray, thus changing the history of the world forever. On behalf of Ezra International, we want to welcome you to this Bible study about Aliyah, the Hebrew word for to go up, to ascend. We're so excited for what you're about to learn. 
This course has been compiled by experts with decades of hands-on experience in the prophetic restoration of the Jews to their land. The lessons are systematically arranged to help you understand the scriptures regarding the return of the Jews to Israel and how we, the Gentile believers in a Jewish Messiah, have been called to join the Lord as He brings His children home. It is our prayer that you will purchase this workbook and join us in this marvelous work of restoration of Israel. Just as the God of Israel is calling His people to ascend to the land that He promised them, He is calling Christians to participate in His glorious plan. To receive this workbook and increase your understanding of God's end-time plan, go to EzraInternational.org and click on Store. You'll see Aliyah, Understanding the Return of the Jewish People to Israel Workbook. Order yours today and partner with God and Ezra International in bringing the Jewish people back home. All right, welcome back. We are talking about the Passover and Jesus and the Aliyah. And Carrie, before the break, we we kept hinting about the feast of the Lord and how, of course, the Passover is one of those annual feasts. Um, if we looked, and I should instruct our, our audience to go to Leviticus 23 and read that uh, after this program, because Leviticus 23 is a beautiful place to, to see a list of the annual feast. And we know the first feast that's listed there is a weekly feast, the, the Sabbath. But then we read seven annual feasts of the Lord. And we'll only have time to talk about three of them today. And that even that's going to be a, a, a trial. But we're going to push through. The first three spring feasts, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits. The Hebrew names, Pesach, Hachamatzah, and Habakarim. Right, the the uh, the first three feasts of the Lord. They come, as I mentioned in the first section, the fourteenth day of the month of Aviv, the first month of the biblical year. That's Passover. The very next day begins unleavened bread for seven days, and then the first day after the Sabbath during unleavened bread is first fruits. Did you catch that? The first day after the weekly Sabbath during unleavened bread is first fruits. That's how it works. I hope everybody can and follow this. Now think about that week that Jesus was fulfilling these feasts. I already mentioned in the first section how he fulfilled being our Passover lamb. Remember, John the baptizer said, Behold the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So as we look to the first Passover, God was defeating all of the gods, the enemies of Israel in Egypt. This final, this Passover of Jesus, he defeats the final enemy, death. Okay, so wow. yeah, our, our Passover lamb, the final enemy, death, you know, he, he takes away that penalty, that death penalty uh, for our sin. Then we have unleavened bread beginning. Was Jesus a sinful man? Of course not. He had no sin, therefore no leaven, unleavened bread. He wrote the bread of life. He goes into the grave as our unleavened bread of life. And then to fulfill the, the only 
sign that Jesus gave to the Pharisees. Remember the Pharisees came to him and said, show us a sign. And he said, an adulterous generation looks for a sign. I will give you no sign except for the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of a fish three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the, the heart of the earth three days and three nights. So three days, three nights pass by, and then he rises from the dead on the Feast of First Fruit. Oh, and he's the first fruit. He's the first fruit. Isn't this beautiful? Look at look we at, we we don't we don't even Christians don't even, they think of Leviticus and they go oh you know they glaze over but look at this isn't it you're right it's so this is so important why we look back and we we understand our foundation now Paul understood this if you go to First Corinthians fifteen and read verse twenty through twenty three and I think I'll do that he uses the term terminology first fruit. Paul yeah. says this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 says, But now the Messiah, or Christ, is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He describes him that way, and he does it again a little, a little bit later. He says, For since man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. Isn't that I mean it's, it's explicit? It is clear. This is first fruit, like it says back here. Exactly. So that beautiful fulfillment of the fulfillment fulfills the fullness of time. Jesus comes on that particular feast, uh, an appointed time, and fulfills the Passover lamb, the unleavened bread, and he's our first fruit offering, the first to rise and present himself. Remember, Mary wanted to cling to him, and he said, don't cling to me. I haven't ascended to my father yet. He had to ascend and present himself a first fruit offering to the father. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And again, it shows us that Jesus didn't just come in a bubble. He didn't just show up randomly on the earth but all of this had been prepared and a people had been prepared for him so he could come to them well thank you for that it's um it it does make you love your savior even more and 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 think of god's plan with awe and wonder and that um it also makes us realize how very little we know and how much wisdom and knowledge God has and how much will be made known to us once we're with him. Yeah. Um, and, and it also makes you trust uh, if he can fulfill these minute details, like in Leviticus, we're like, oh, please, I don't want to. Now, I love Leviticus. but. Yes. So, you know, pastors make jokes about, oh, well, we're going to read Leviticus now, you know. Yeah. No, it's it's really, really special. You can find clues there to um, to the Messiah, to the Christ. Um, Amen. Amen. You see the, the scarlet thread, it has also often been uh, described. You know, no man could have written these words and and then wait thousands of years to have them so perfectly fulfilled. It, it is the bigger picture. It should build our faith. 
uh, you know, anybody in our audience today, if you're doubting, if you're if you're going through a trial, look to these things to know that God is able and God is is faithful. Uh, and so what, whatever we're facing, we can know that our God is bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you and I have gone to Passover seders yeah. and we, we're sitting there. I'm sitting there knowing, um, going through the seder and everything, the Passover dinner with our Jewish friends, um, seeing all the connections with Jesus and they don't um, right now there, they, they don't see that, but it is so abundantly clear and it has nothing to do with like, say Leonardo da Vinci's (laughs) um, painting of the last supper. It doesn't look like a Passover Seder. And uh, it's so interesting, but that, but people revere that Christians have it on their kitchen walls. You know, Um, you see it everywhere. They, they love that painting. Well, it's of Jesus and his disciples, but um, let's paint you. You have just painted a picture that's completely different. That's even more beautiful. Well, I hope so. And I hope for our audience, that we, as we dig and see this, we can, we can venerate and, and, uh, and honor all the things that we've learned over the years, but then add to and realize it's uh, how much deeper. And I think it should, it should build, build our faith uh, and, and understanding these connections and how God is still active in them today. Mm-hmm. Beautifully active. Amen. All right. Well, uh, when we come back, Carrie, let's talk about today. As as I just mentioned, let's talk about how the Passover points to what we're experiencing in the Aliyah. All right. All right. We'll be right back. Ezra International Global Network is now on Rumble. And you can even watch us on your Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, or your Roku device. It's simple. Here's how to do it. First, download the Rumble app on your device. Then search for Ezra International Global TV Network. You can watch our live 24-7 channel and our weekly shows anytime you like. Oh yeah, and you can also go to our website and download our Ezra International app and take us with you wherever you go. Ezra International, we're there for you. All right, welcome back. We are talking about the uh, Passover and Aliyah. Carrie, um, I've said a couple of times now I need to get into Aliyah, uh, the Passover today, the the Exodus today. Where do we find that connection? Um, You know, but before I do, I want to read this quote. It's one of my favorites of Abraham Joshua Heschel. He says, the categories of the Bible are not principles to be comprehended, but events to be continued. Events to be continued. So let's continue. How how does this Passover pattern continue today? Well, Jeremiah 16, starting in verse 14, and I'll read also 15, says this, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, There's the first Exodus. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring 
them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. That's that's today, right, Carrie? There's a lot in those two verses. There it's is a, good a lot. Summary. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, one, uh, the land of the north seems to be key. And and then, but it's all the lands of the of the the, uh, the Jewish people have been scattered. But what Jeremiah is saying is that something's going to happen that will change God's reputation. Same God who brought his people out of Egypt, but it will be so miraculous and so big that it will change his reputation. Now, you and I, you, you and I have talked about this before. It doesn't look like the same miracle, does it? No. Uh, you, you know, this, this hard work. This, no, this big event. This big, yeah, yeah, it's tedious. It's you know, schlepping bags, it's doing document research, it's bureaucracy. Uh one individual at a time but i think that's the greater miracle god not god god not taking his people in one big group from egypt to the promised land but gathering them one by one one family at a time from here from there from south america from ethiopia from from the former soviet union and bringing them back into the land of israel yeah. you know, at at the end of a uh, passover seder they always say the finale, after hours and hours of sitting at the table and fellowshipping and rehearsing the story, they always say, next year in Jerusalem, Amen. it's given me goosebumps <laughs> because um, for some, for hundreds, for thousands, it's coming true. Yes. They're, they're celebrating the Passover in Jerusalem or in the Holy Land. Amen. And I had, uh, I think he's a mutual friend of ours, Roy Kindle, tell me that he sat uh, in a, a Seder with Russian, former Soviet Jews, and they added Jeremiah 16, 14, 15 to their oh. Haggadah, to their Seder celebration, because oh, they, wow. they recognized the fulfillment in their lives, that they had, they were fulfilling that prophecy. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Wow. Well, and uh, Jesus will also return, <laughs> and He will, and that's coming with you know where here. Let's let's continue this comparison. We can, we can, we have the Passover comparison with the Exodus, with them coming out and coming home into the land, and then we have unleavened bread. Well, they that's a, a symbol of clen being cleansed or or not having sin, right? Well, Ezekiel thirty six. Oh, yeah. Verse 24 says, I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of the countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean and I will cleanse you from your filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Is that revival or what, right? Yeah, bring them, bring them home, Lord, and sprinkle them and clean them. Hallelujah. Hey, isn't that beautiful? And then the nations recognize that they are... They are the first fruit. Verse 36 says, the nations will, which are left all around, you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. I mean, when when the Lord says, I will do it, it's done. 
and that the people he says the people will recognize it is the lord like yes. today we think no one sees the lord um mm. they'll recognize it's the lord yes and yeah. you see that's why you know when we say this should build your faith it also gives us proof. I mean, I know that often people are looking for signs, signs and wonders. Carrie, the biggest sign in the, and wonder is going on every day as his people return home from the nations. And we have this nation of Israel being built just as God said he would build it. The ruined cities being rebuilt. These all these these ancient cities that are still on the map today. Now maybe new buildings and new people, but the same locations and the same names they had when we we, we read our Bibles. Mm-hmm. The only country on earth that this is happening with. Yeah. Uh, you know what we're we're talking about today. Uh, we cover somewhat in our course that you can um, anybody can buy on uh, EzraInternational.org, and this is um, just a short Bible study course. You can take it on your own and then uh, start sharing it with people. Uh, but it there's all the references you need, all the scripture are in here. So if it's going too fast now, uh, you'll be able to find it in the course. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Carrie, because I know in these 30-minute programs, it is so difficult to, to really slowly, step-by-step, step, go through all of these things. So I encourage our audience to take, go and, and look at these scriptures, open up open up the word yourself, and take all these Bible references that we've given today and in, in our previous programs and read them and allow the Spirit of God to show you the, the validity, the truth, the veracity of God's word and, and understand that uh, we are a blessed generation who's living and witness, eyewitnesses to, to these events. Carrie, you and I have both walked in Jerusalem and all over the land of Israel, we can we are eyewitness uh, eyewitnesses to God's faithfulness, aren't we? We are, and that's that was a privilege. It has been a privilege to um, get to be in the land and experience. Um, you go to walk where Jesus walked, but oh, wait a minute! Abraham walked here too, or Elijah, or Amos, Amos, or. And uh, you see how it all fits together. And um, the Aliyah is kind of like that as well. It's all fitting together because it's a a, a major piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It started with the Jewish people and it's um, the Jewish people are coming back and and so will their Messiah. Amen. Amen. And it, it's so important that we recognize that uh, God has used his people as a, the vehicle for world redemption with the first coming of a Messiah, and they had to be in the land for his second coming. So they can, they, so he can hear, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They must be in Jerusalem and in the land in order for them to say that and have him come back. You know, and aren't they uh, all wonderful people? I mean, uh, we think America, we're broadcasting from America. We think it's a melting pot, but you've not seen a melting pot until (laughs) you wait for a bus or a a train in uh, Israel. 
and you just look around and you think, oh my God, how yeah. great thou art. Look at what you've done. Look at all these people, young and old, um, blonde and dark, um, African and uh, Asian looking, you know, they, um, they're all Jewish, all back in the land. Amen. Amen. And we've had that privilege and our audience, you have the privilege, the opportunity to be able to help them get back to the land. Uh, that's what Ezra International is all about. And it's through your beautiful, generous giving that we've been able to do this now for over 25 years. Yeah. Carrie, Carrie, this was fun. It, it, this is a beautiful picture of God's faithfulness, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, um, happy Easter and happy, um, happy Passover, a blessed Passover. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Shalom. Shalom. Mm -hmm.